When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, another fantastic open from Mario Ruiz. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till 8 p.m. tonight. Lakers talk one hour. A uh, lot to get into. Let me give everybody just a quick preview of what we're going to do in tonight's show. And then also, uh, Jovan Buha of The Athletic is going to join us in about a half hour or so. Uh, latest on the coaching, the coaching carousel for the Lakers, uh, Mark Jackson, Terry Stotts, a couple more interviews over the weekend for the Lakers. I, I want to look at two specific names um, if you had to pick between these two guys, uh, which one you would choose if you're a Laker fan out there? Because uh, I think Lakers are also delaying the process for a reason here. Um, on top of that, last week doing the shows, Thursday, Friday, a lot of conversations started coming up about trading LeBron James or trading Anthony Davis, specific trades out there. And I want to give my thoughts on that. Did it on the Travis and Sleva show, but obviously on Lakers talk, we could take our time and uh, really get into it. Magic. Hopes LeBron is a Laker for a long time. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll got a couple NBA things I want to hit on, whether it's Jokic getting the MVP, a couple NBA playoff stuff. So we'll get right into it. Um, so th- this is the latest here from a coaching perspective. I spent some time on this last week that I was hoping that whoever does become the head coach of the Lakers is somebody that has a good resume, certainly has had success in the playoffs, has been a head coach for a little while, so he's not walking into something where it's completely brand new. That's my own personal preference. Now, um, based on the candidates that the Lakers have already interviewed, some of them fit that mold, some of them don't fit that mold. And uh, there's also obviously some candidates still part of the conversation that are in the middle of coaching their team right now in the playoffs. So Sham Sharani, I'm going to read off this tweet. This came. Uh, this just kind of add to the mix here. Lakers have interviewed former Golden State Warriors uh, coach Mark Jackson for the coaching job. At that point, he was a finalist for the Sacramento Kings job. He didn't get it. Mike Brown ended up getting it. And then a a name kind of, uh, I guess you can say, familiar for Laker fans just over the years. You take on the Portland Trailblazers, Terry Stotts. um, He uh, uh, interviewed for the job as well. I think that came out on Friday. Uh, Stotts left. I think it was last season, Chauncey Billups got the job up in Portland. They're trying to shake up some things. They're starting to, uh, trying to do some things. But um, overall, what's his, uh, what's his 402 and 13, uh, 318 record in nine seasons as the Blazers coach, second winningest coach in franchise history up in Portland. So there's a number, another name that was brought to the table. Okay, so this is kind of the point that I want to make when it comes to these interviews that the Lakers have already have uh, have already had. Darvin Ham was another name. That's an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, th- there's been some other uh, uh, names out there of coaches that have not been head coaches yet. We've heard a number of different names. Um, I-, I was reading this article. This was yesterday, and that part of the reason why this coaching search is taking some time, and it will take uh, some time is the mere fact that the Lakers want to see if Doc Rivers or Quinn Snyder become available. That 
right now, Utah Jazz, Quinn Snyder's still the coach of the Utah Jazz, and Doc Rivers is in the middle of a really good series right now. Joel Embiid misses the first two games, comes back for games three and four in Philadelphia, and uh, the Sixers win both of those games. So I think he's much more worried about being in a 2-2 series fight against the Miami Heat with a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals than he is about the Lakers' coaching job. Now, I think where there's smoke, there's fire, and Doc Rivers' name has come up a number of different times, so we'll see what eventually happens on that front. The reason why um, I want to kind of stay with this or stick with this for a quick second, I have been more critical on the Quinn Snyder front. Do, do I think that names like Terry Stotts and Mark Jackson and Darvin Ham and go down the list of other coaches been rumored around the Lakers, do I feel like that's just kind of a, a process that the Lakers are going through? I do. Do I think any of those coaches will end up being the head coaches of the Lakers? I don't. Now, what could happen is kind of similar when Frank Vogel, if everybody remembers when, when Lakers hired Frank Vogel, that wasn't their first choice. Ty Lue was high on that list. Monty Williams was high on that list. But the Lakers were refusing to give five-year deals, and I think there were some other things where, you know, we're going to pick your assistant coaches. Jason Kidd was going to be part of the mix, and that's not too common in the NBA. So I think the those other coaches like Ty Lue and Monty Williams thought, no, you know what, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. They both have had some success there uh, so far, and they got five-year deals, and they got a chance or opportunity to pick you know, obviously uh, their own assistant coaches and everything else. So I I mentioned that for – the only reason why I mentioned that is um, Frank Vogel was their third option, their third choice. So maybe some of these names that I've already mentioned, maybe that's the case in this uh, perspective, right? Maybe that's the case that happens. Lakers have their couple top choices, but maybe those guys um, don't become available, and if they don't become available, then uh, then they're going to look at some of these other names that are out there. Uh, by the way, Devin Booker put this out earlier today that Monty Williams has been voted the NBA's coach of the year. Um, so, you know, I know that that has became official and everything else, but Devin Booker uh, or Monty Williams, we, we know what kind of a coach he's been in the NBA so far. Quinn Snyder or Doc Rivers, if the Lakers are being patient here because they want to see if Quinn Snyder would become available and they want to see if Doc Rivers potentially will become available. I think it sounds like if Nick Nurse isn't on the table, Nick Nurse, I've said it plenty of times, that is by far uh, would be my top choice as head coach of the Lakers. But Masai Ujiri and I think the Toronto Raptors are making it clear, you ain't getting Nick Nurse. So if it's Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, those are the two um, that the Lakers management would love to have. They are so different. You know, you just kind of look at Quinn Snyder – his resume, look at Doc Rivers and his resume. And something that Travis and I were talking about this morning, there has not been a time this year, I think since the Lakers were eliminated from playoff contention and Vogel was was fired, that you've really heard a name come up and you said, that's the guy. That is perfect. That is exactly what the Lakers need. And you know what? The Lakers, everything could change for the Lake Show if they could just get that guy as head coach. I don't really feel like there's been – you know, a scenario that's played out uh, so far where we felt that way. If I have to just target those two head coaches, I'm going to give my opinion on both of them. And Laker fans, you can feel free to chime in on this. You can always send me a tweet at Alan Sliwa. Um, Quinn Snyder or Doc Rivers, if it came down to those two potential coaches, who would you prefer as the head coach of the Lakers in the, the next season? Again, I'm going to go back and say this. I am just – 
These are all guesses here. Doc's in the middle of a series. Quinn Snyder could stay in Utah potentially. Um, but the, the, there's enough reports out there to say that the Lakers are kind of slow playing this because um, these could be coaches that they would hope are uh, potential candidates for the Lakers. Why have I been a little bit against Quinn Snyder in the past? John Ireland brought this up. Um, he brought this up uh, last week. We were doing uh, one of our crosstalks that we do. Um, he said, okay, well, you know, if it's not Quinn Snyder or it's not Doc Rivers, well, then who are you going to pick? What's a better option? So let's just let's focus on those two guys. Do I feel like Quinn Snyder overachieved in Utah? In the regular season, you could say he did. They had the best record in the uh, in the playoffs. Or I'm sorry, they had the best record in the NBA last season. They were number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, but they've underachieved in the playoffs. That's what I really pay most attention to because there's a lot of teams out there that could have the best record in the NBA. The question is, are you sold that they're the best team in the NBA? Are you sold that once the playoffs start, the individual players, the head coach, everybody kind of raises their game to the next level? I don't feel like Quinn Snyder has done that with the Utah Jazz. That's not to say that he's a bad coach or he's a terrible coach. It's you're going to be walking into a situation where the expectations are unrealistic. The question marks are – there's an unbelievable amount of question marks uh, coming into the season. And you got to make sure that, you know, obviously your franchise, your team – um, and your stars are bought in on whatever it is that you're trying to sell. Maybe Quinn Snyder has that. Maybe he doesn't. I, I don't have the answer for it. And we would only know if he ended up being the head coach of the Lakers. And then from there, we were able to figure out whether he's the right person or he's not. There's no other way to figure it out. Doc Rivers, on the other hand, here's another coach. Been in the league for a long time. Really, you know, he, he's known for a couple of things. First off, he, he's had success in the NBA, but he's also had tremendous meltdowns with other teams. Um, I think he's the only coach in NBA history to blow three three-one leads. Just keep that one in mind. Now, what was it a couple weeks ago that he asked for some context in that? That one of those teams was Orlando, and they were taking on a number one seed, Detroit, and then they ended up losing that series four games to three. So that he added some context there. But uh, listen, with the Clippers, there were definitely times where you thought the Clippers uh, should have done better, and they never did. I don't have to go into the three-one. You're up 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets in the bubble, and you end up blowing that. I don't need to go into all those conversations. But if there's one thing I want to give Doc, Rever Doc Rivers credit for, it seems like Doc Rivers has a good resume with superstars, has a good relationship with super superstars, that they like playing for Doc Rivers. Um, that's at least the perception that I get. We know that they obviously won that championship back in 2008 with the Boston Celtics and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. They beat the Lakers in six games. Um, obviously, it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. I just throw those those guys the mix there. Uh, now he's coaching a team or even you know go a little bit further, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and now coaching a team with Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, I don't know how the series is going to end up between – the Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers. But if there's one thing, if you said, hey, the Lakers are looking for a short-term a short-term strategy. They, they have a short-term window in front of them. And that everything that you can possibly think of is possibly going to change with the franchise and the personnel once LeBron James is no longer a Los Angeles Laker. Um, does it make sense to go out there? And I, I think Quinn Snyder is one of those coaches that you can actually see 
um, coaching a Laker team for today and then also tomorrow. He could be a guy that you're rebuilding with and everything else. I'm, I'm just assuming that he probably has more of the ability to do that, not saying that he wants to do that, but that seems like where the Lakers are heading once the Braun era ends. Again, they could go out, maybe get some free agents, and maybe there isn't this big lapse in what the future of the Lakers is of competing again. But Doc seems like, hey, I can coach big-time stars. I got more experience than you could possibly imagine. I have won an NBA championship, and I've also been known for um, you know, having some lap- lapses in the playoffs as well. But I, I, he would be in a position to coach the Lakers for a couple of years not a coach that's going to be there for four or five years or something along those lines. And to be honest with you, when I kind of set it up that way, if I had to pick between Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, I'd lean towards Doc. I really would. Again, I think that's somebody who can coach stars, has shown that he could coach stars, understands the personalities, seems like a lot of players like him, and does not seem like a long-term solution for the Lakers and nothing the Lakers have been doing over the last three, four, five years is a long-term plan. So maybe that just matches the window of where the Lakers are today. I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if Doc Rivers will be available. I don't know if Quinn Snyder will be available. Maybe the Lakers, those are their top choices, but then it doesn't turn out that way and they end up with a different head coach. But when I saw the article um, specifically, specifically talking about Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, that uh, the Lakers, their coaching search is a little bit slower to see if Doc Rivers or Quinn Snyder would be available. That makes me think those are guys that they obviously have high on their list. And this actually comes from a Substack column that we know NBA insider uh, veteran Mark Stein had put out there. So that has something to do with it as well. And he's always been a fantastic source and always done such a great job on the NBA. I do not question anything that Mark Stein puts out there. So that's where this conversation has come from. Um, If you want to give your thoughts again, you can um, uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa on your thoughts on that. Okay, a couple other things I want to do when we come back. Why do people keep suggesting trading LeBron James and or Anthony Davis? Why does that keep coming up? I felt like last week, the final couple of days of the week, Stephen A. Smith is throwing out uh, an idea on uh, on LeBron. Jalen Rose is doing it. Kendrick Perkins is actually putting a specific trade rumor out there. Um, I think it's interesting to hear all these different scenarios. I, I got my own thoughts on that. We'll uh, talk about that coming up next. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Um, and uh, just one quick reminder, Jovan Buha, like I mentioned, We'll be coming up in about 15 minutes. Uh, We'll continue to have this Laker conversation. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Quick shout-out here, Harris Resort SoCal. Appreciate their partnership on the show. Uh, things are heating up at Harris, SoCal, Harris Resort SoCal. Head to Funner, California this summer to dine at the country's largest Hell's Kitchen restaurant. Learn more at harrissocal.com. Uh, thank you for everything that they do. Um, Jovan Buha, the athletic, he's coming up in about, you could say, 15 minutes or so, less than 15 minutes. Um, so I'm doing the uh, Travis and Sliwa show last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a lot of these conversations start coming up about LeBron and Anthony Davis. And the question is, should the Lakers, or at least Stephen A. Smith proposes, I think the Lakers should trade LeBron James. And then the following day, Jalen Rose, I think the Lakers should trade Anthony Davis. And then the following day, Kendrick Perkins says, I think the Lakers should consider Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. So let, let me first just kind of the concept of trading one of those two players. Let me, let me throw that out there first, and then we'll get into the specifics of it. Let's start with LeBron. The concept of trading LeBron James. So there's a couple things that could happen this summer. In August, LeBron James could be due, or not could be, will be due for an extension, a two-year extension with the Lakers. And from what I understand and what you know, it's been rumored out there, the Lakers will more than likely end up offering him that extension. I mean, if you ask me, I think it's, it's kind of uh, common sense that they will offer him a two-year extension to remain a Laker. And the question is, I guess this one's fair. Will LeBron accept that extension, or will he decide, you know what, let me take a page out of my book that I've done with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the past, and let me continue to put pressure on the organization and put pressure on this team that I, I want a winning product. I want to make sure that I got a chance to win a championship if I'm going to represent the Lakers. Um, I'm a fan of that, by the way. I've always said that. I, I, I like when players, big-time players, like a guy like LeBron James – um, says to his franchise or his organization, guys, I don't want to give you guys the comfort that I'm going to be here for another three years. Let, let's just play it year by year for now. And um, and as as we compete, as you guys make decisions in the front office, if I feel like I got a legitimate chance of competing for a championship, then you know what, I'll sign up for another year. Now, Braun is in a different situation because when he used to do that back in Cleveland, um, he wasn't walking into his 20th season in the NBA. He wasn't walking into the amount of minutes that he's logged. He wasn't going to be 38 in December, which is what he'll be a few months into this next season. So with all that being said, maybe the situation is different for LeBron. You want some security, and you say to yourself, come August, hey, if I get a two-year deal on top of this at my age, let me get the money, and then I'll figure out everything else from there. Trading LBJ. This has been the question mark I think for the Lakers over the last four years, since LeBron came to the Lakers four years ago, how long is this window to compete for a championship? It's a fair question. First year he gets there, you have all these young kids. The chances of really competing for a championship it was not realistic. But then in the summer you traded for Anthony Davis and you gave up whatever assets you needed to to bring one of the best big men in the NBA. At that time, Anthony Davis was in the conversation with every big. You couldn't have a conversation about Giannis without having a conversation about AD. You couldn't have had a conversation maybe about Embiid or Jokic or whatever. You had to met ADs in each one of those conversations. Today, that's not the case. 
Jokic wins his second MVP in a row. Giannis won two before that. I thought Embiid should have been the MVP this season. The conversation about bigs are different. AD came, Lakers won a championship in the first year. You're feeling good about yourself. You're saying, damn, Bron's been here for two years. We already got a chip. Then the next year comes, and we know what we know what ends up happening. Lakers lose in the first round. Um, that year, you made some changes to your roster. You went out and got Dennis Schroeder, Montrez. Okay, it didn't work out. But you lost in the first round, not because you thought Phoenix was a better team. It's not to take anything away from the Phoenix Suns. You thought it had more to do with the fact that Anthony Davis wasn't healthy. Next summer comes, you go out, and uh, the Lakers make more moves. You know, now you go out and get Russell Westbrook. Um, you obviously, Alex Caruso, you don't bring back. You sign THT. You bring in all these vets, and it's a colossal failure. And now this whole how big is the window that uh, that the Lakers have with LeBron James, that really starts coming into question. And that's the offseason that we're in right now. It's a fair question to, to throw out there. Should you start the rebuild? Should you trade LeBron James? When I say fair, it's because of the season that the Lakers had. They were 16 games below 500. They obviously uh, never threat. Uh, they were never a threat this year. And you were just hoping and praying that you made the playing tournament. It was a kind of a pathetic goal by the time you got towards the end of the season. It's like, damn, is this what we're playing for? And they don't even make the playing tournament. I want to make a case why I would not trade LeBron James. I'm going to make this very simple. I think you only have, you know, a window to win something or compete for a championship, at least the way the Lakers have built it. I think it's worth the risk of saying, hey, we're going to wait a year and see what happens this offseason and take our chances one more time to be a part of the mix and hope Anthony Davis is um, a part of the, the season more than 50%, hopefully around 80%, 85% of the season. I think it's worth that risk. I think it's worth the risk to try to trade Russell Westbrook this summer and see what kind of role players that you can get back. And if that means the 2027 first-round pick is a part of a deal or the tail and horn Tucker is part of the deal, but you feel like they're the right role players to get, even if you're taking on contracts that extend past this upcoming year, I still think that that's okay. And I say that because you've been in this Braun window for how long? Four years. LeBron, it doesn't sound like wants to go anywhere, but what he does want to do is compete for a championship. Anthony Davis is really the reason why you haven't competed over these last couple of seasons because Anthony Davis hasn't been there. I don't think it's anything that Braun has done wrong. If you're to trade LeBron James to a team that actually can contend for a championship, which I'm assuming that would be his goal, um, wouldn't the other team want to keep a lot of their assets because they want to try to compete for a chip? Doesn't LeBron, if he wants to go somewhere else, want to make sure that that team has still a lot of weapons so they could compete for a championship? I, I don't know if, you know, what you would try to accomplish by trading Braun would accomplish the goals for both sides. Can't you just wait a year? Can't you just decide in a year, um, hey, this thing is completely over and we have no other chance or no other opportunity to compete for a championship with Braun? and then go into that summer with kind of, a, I guess you could say, a completely different game plan, incentive. Braun probably by then will have a, a two-year extension on his contract. Maybe now that's more apt for another team to say, okay, let's bring Braun in because we know we're going to have him for two years. I, I'm not a fan of trade LeBron James, at least right now. Now, the Anthony Davis piece, that's a different one. AD, that was a conversation that was brought up. Um, I think AD has to be, as far as value goes, this has to be the lowest his value has been in the career of his NBA. 
And it's not because he's not a good player. It's because he's not playing enough games to show that, hey, I can be healthy. I could still be out there. I could give you 70 games in a season. And I'm still that beast when I am healthy and I'm not second-guessing myself. I should still be in that conversation with some of the other big men. Now, as we sit here today, he's nowhere near that conversation. Not nowhere near, but you guys know what I'm talking about. He's not in the conversation. If I say top three big men in the NBA, you better not say Anthony Davis because he's not in there. Jokic is there, Giannis is there, Embiid is there. Those are your three, those are your three top three big men in the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns had a good season. You can make a case for him. DeAndre Ayton is a really good big man. Um, what Anthony Davis is going to have to show, moving forward, is that he can play uh, and be healthy through an 82 game stretch. He hasn't done that in a couple of years. And the year that he did do that, there was a four-month hiatus for the Lakers because of the Orlando bubble, and then he came in fresh, and obviously the Lakers went on and won an NBA championship. So Anthony Davis, to me, doesn't seem like a guy that you want to say, hey, let's shop this guy, when the value of Anthony Davis is low. Doesn't it make more sense to roll the dice one more year, see what AD is going to give you, see what Braun's going to uh, obviously give you, see what what happens with Russell Westbrook in the offseason, See if you could get a new head coach, what that head coach could provide. Doesn't it make sense to try it? You can always rebuild at any time. I mean, I don't think Laker fans are always too encouraged with the word rebuild. We've It's happened before. They went a number of years without making the playoffs, but it's not like, I don't know, it doesn't sound like teams are lining up to rebuild. Maybe if you're a different franchise, maybe if the expectations are different, Maybe if you know you have to get somebody in the lottery in order to, you got to get a John Moran or you got to get a Luca or you got to get, you know, one of these big time names. I, I don't think that doesn't sound like a priority for the Lakers. Um, so that's my thoughts on, on the idea of trading either one of those players. On top of that, Kendrick Perkins on Friday, you know, it, it's always fun to listen to some of these conversations and listen to people's justification and frankly, it's perfect for sports talk radio because we sp- we sit here for hours and we play out different scenarios. And this is one that came up last week. One of the ones that came up was, I think the Lakers, this is Kendrick Perkins, should trade Anthony Davis for Kyrie Irving. Put Kyrie Irving with LeBron James and go take your chances this upcoming season. Anthony Davis, um, you know, a a big man that can play both sides of the ball. Granted, he has not been playing enough games to really justify what you would hope to see from him. Have him go play with Anthony Davis or have him go play with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons over in Brooklyn. Let let me just – I think this is an easy conversation for me. Again, uh, just like I threw out from a coaching perspective, um, if you want to hit me on Twitter and give your thoughts on this, at Alan Sliwa. I don't know what the hell Kendrick Perkins was talking about. I really don't. If you want to make a case because Anthony Davis, well, how many games is he going to play? You're making it sound like Kyrie Irving is AC Green or something, and he's always in a lineup. He's not. Uh, Kyrie played 27 games, I want to say, last year. Uh, Years before that, he's around the 50 mark. Um, If you think that Kyrie Irving and LeBron James can go compete for a championship, which they did do it back in 2016, that was a completely different LeBron James and Kyrie seemed to be – his priority seemed to be basketball back then. I don't know what his priority is today, and he's got every right to do whatever the hell he wants, but it doesn't sound like somebody where basketball is always the top priority. If you propose a trade today, I'm going to look at it from Brooklyn's perspective. Why would the Nets say no to that? 
if they could put Anthony Davis with Kevin uh, Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons can just feed, go back and forth feeding KD and Anthony Davis the ball, and what that could look like on the defensive side. Uh, trust me, I think Brooklyn would jump on that, um, would jump all over that. And I think if you're the Lakers, I, the last thing I, I want to see is Kyrie Irving on this Lakers team. I don't think that helps improve their chances of championship. Now, um, the only case that you can make is if, if Anthony Davis is going to be healthier. If he's not, I can't tell the future, so I don't know how many games he's going to play this upcoming season. Okay, this is a good question I'm going to bring up to Jovan Buha as well when we come back. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk here. Got a lot to get into. Jovan Buha, who covers the Lakers for The Athletic, taking some time to uh, join the show. First off, Jovan, hope you're enjoying uh, the offseason so far some of the NBA playoffs that's going on. Um, I, I wanted to start off, it's the way I kind of started the show, and to be honest with you, done this the last few weeks or so. Um, the Lakers, I don't know if carousel is the right way to put it, but you know, obviously bringing in some guys for potential head coaching positions. There were some reports out there that the Lakers taking their t- Part of the reason why they're taking their time is maybe Quinn Snyder becomes available. Maybe Doc Rivers becomes available. Just your overall thoughts. Are there any names from the coaches that they've already interviewed that stands out to you? Or, like I mentioned, the Quinn Snyder, Doc Rivers, guys that are out there that have been rumored around the Lakers that stand out? I think Nick Nurse and Quinn Snyder stand out to me from the the names that have been attached to the Lakers, I, I think Nurse obviously is considered one of the best coaches in the league, won a championship with the Raptors uh, a few years ago now at this point. Yeah, he, he's and my then, favorite by far too, by far. Yeah, like, and I think, I think to, to the, the extent that I would give up a first-round pick for him. I think he's that good that um, you know, we, we haven't seen draft compensation given up since uh, the Clippers gave up a pick for Doc Rivers back in, in 2013. Uh, I, I think Nick Nurse is, to me – you know, just kind of checks every box uh, and, and is one of the most creative. Like, you know, the Raptors really, to me, had no business being as good as they were this season. Sure. Um, you know, I do I do like a lot of their, their players individually, but I think collectively we're, we're better than people expected uh, in large part because of Nick Nurse and, and the schemes he runs on both ends. But aside from him, I, I think Quinn Snyder has gotten a little bit of a bad rap uh, recently, just given Utah's, postseason struggles I think you know when you have a player like Rudy Gobert 
um, it, it's tough to bench that type of guy. And there's only so much you can do to hide a you know seven foot two hmm. center when you know teams are going small against you and and, and playing five out basketball. So um, you know I, I think there, there's a little bit of a uh, of a stink right now with, with I think anyone associated with Utah with, with the kind of the, the disappointment they've had the last couple really last few seasons in, in the playoffs I, I think they've underachieved but I don't I think that's more to do with just it not being the the, the best fit with, with Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert and some of the wing guys they have over there um, and, and less to do with Quinn Snyder so those have been my two favorite names um Another name I really liked was Mike Brown, but he obviously got snatched up by, by Sacramento. Um, I think another c- couple interesting names for me are, are Darvin Ham and Jawan Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darvin Ham, uh, obviously Milwaukee Bucks assistant coach, uh, is from that you know Pop Budenholzer uh, family tree of coaches. I think you know won a championship last year with Milwaukee. And I think you know the, the, the lineage of, of those guys that have come from that coaching tree, I think has been pretty impressive. You know, Quinn Snyder, Budenholzer, uh, Taylor Jenkins, like on and on. There's been uh, some pretty good coaches in recent years to come out of there. Yo, so, well, let, let, think, let, let, me, let me stay with that yeah. one real quick on Darvin Ham because I think the the idea and the concept of bringing somebody in to coach the Lakers their first year as a head coach. So whether that's Darvin Ham or that's Adrian Griffin, who's a assistant right now at the Toronto Raptors. What, what do you think of that idea? Do, do you think yeah. just the position that the Lakers are in, the stars that are on this team, the pressure to win right now, it, does that, does that change your, your perception on that only because of where the Lakers are sitting? Not, not necessarily. I think it has to be the right person. And I, I think we've seen in, in recent years, uh, you know, going back the last half decade or so, like Steve Kerr won a championship in his first season. Ty Lue took over midseason, won a championship with Cleveland. Nick Nurse won a championship in his, his first year with Toronto. So we, we actually have several, uh, uh, you know, recent championship teams, uh, you know, that had a first-year head coach. Um, now, you know, in two of those three examples, those were former players. And that's where I think it it would be important. I think if the Lakers hire a first-year head coach, I think it has to be a former player. It has to be someone who has that gravitas, someone who has played in the league that I think can, can you know, get the buy-in from LeBron and AD from day one. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they can necessarily hire, uh, you know, there's certain assistant coaches you hear of that, uh, are kind of the the you know attractive name every year, but those guys haven't necessarily played in the league. I don't know if that type of candidate gets the same level of buy-in, but a Jawan Howard, you know, who who played with LeBron in Miami and also coached, uh, you know, in Miami as an assistant, you know, someone like him or, or Darvin Ham or, or an Adrian Griffin, those guys all played in the league. I think they could get the buy-in. Um, so I think it really depends on the candidate and, and sort of where they're coming from. Uh, so I think. They probably will not hire a first-year head coach, but I think if they do, it will be someone who's a former player. Um, Jovan Buha taking some time of the Athletic, joining uh, joining Lakers talk here. Jovan, I, I've I've kind of proposed this question up, and if between Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, just those two individuals, I know Doc's in the <laughs> middle of a two-two series tied right now with him in the Heat, and and Beat comes back and they have an impressive weekend. Um, but between those two guys, I, I feel like this is the opinion that I gave. 
that I feel like the Lakers, like they've been for the last four years or so, it's all about right now. It's all about the present. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're, you know, obviously looking three, four, five years down the road. And you know what? That's okay. You won an NBA championship and you feel like you've been in a window where you can compete for one. And then this past season happened, and I think it threw everybody off by surprise. If if the Lakers were kind of dragging things out here because Quinn Snyder and Doc Rivers, they want to know if they're going to be available. If you had to pick between the two of those guys for a two-year window, and I say two-year window just because I don't know what's going to happen in two years from now. Braun is already going into his 20th season. Um, who do you think would be a better fit between those two uh, head coaches? I would lean towards Quinn Snyder, though I would not be surprised if the Lakers went in the direction of Doc Rivers based on everything Rob Polinka said in his exit interview at the end of the season. Uh, you know, w- one thing that really stood out was he, he was talking about someone that could command the locker room and, and get the buy-in from the players. And I think, you know, Doc Rivers has that gravitas. and He's someone that, I, I you know, I, I think if anything like that has always been his strength, right? Everywhere he, he goes, he wins the press conference. I, I think you always see that improvement with him in, in that first season. And I, I think that there's a reason for that, just because I, I think he's so personable, and, you know, again, kind of going through his coaching, you know, you saw what he did in Orlando, you saw what he did in Boston with the Clippers and even with Philly last year, um, uh, you know, b- before uh, they, they lost in the playoffs. So I think to, to me, I, I, I personally would lean Quinn, but I, I could see the Lakers leaning Doc because I, I think he kind of he, – he's more – I think he's more Hollywood than, than Quinn is, so to speak. Um, that being said, though, I, for, for me, the, the differentiating factor there would be – um, I, I know the Jazz have kind of underachieved a little bit, but I think Doc's playoff resume at at this point to me is becoming a little bit of an issue where you do have the multiple blown 3-1 leads. Mm-hmm. We'll see what ends up happening in this Miami series. But, um, you know, I, I know from, from personal experience from, from previously covering the Clippers, like, you know, I, I do think some of that stuff was injury, some of that stuff was players not performing well, but I, I do think some of it was also a lack of adjustments maybe not playing the right guys in the rotation. So um, I think some of the frustrations that people had with Frank Vogel, those frustrations are probably similar with Doc Rivers versus a Quinn Snyder, who to me is much more of a modern coach, much more of someone who's going to be experimenting and and kind of tweaking things a little more. So um, I would lean Quinn, but I think either one is a solid option. Um, Jovan, last week I was mentioning this a little bit earlier, that last week – Kind of got some random things thrown our way as far as the conversation goes. Uh, Stephen A. Smith suggested that Lakers should trade LeBron, and um, Jalen Rose said, actually, you should be trading Anthony Davis. And then Kendrick Perkins had a specific trade proposal that was out there. And earlier in the show, I got into it. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on if the Lakers, with LeBron and Anthony Davis as the foundation of the team, we don't know what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook, and we'll just have to kind of – Wait and see as the uh, as the reg or as the off season moves on if they're able to make a trade or if he comes back next year as far as roster goes. Do you still think that LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy? And I know that's a big if because we don't know uh, how that's going to play out. But do you think those two guys as your foundation, knowing where the Western Conference is today and where it's going, knowing that teams like the Clippers will get healthier and Denver will get healthier and there's some up-and-coming young teams like Memphis and Minnesota, and just you know, go down the list. Do you still think that the Lakers 
can be in championship contention with LeBron and Anthony Davis as uh, as their foundation? Or do you think that what they already got was the best that they're going to get from those two? I think they can with the giant caveat that you mentioned of, of health. And I think that has become more the question with the way the last two seasons have played out with both guys missing a combined, you know, 60 plus games in, in back-to-back seasons, you know, that, that is now a concern. And it's hard to say, you know, can we pencil in both guys for 70 plus games, even 65 plus games? I don't know. You know, I, I, I think based on the last two years, I would say no, but um, you know, health is kind of its own variable season to season. So I guess if you could promise me health, I would say yes. I think that that's still arguably the best duo in the NBA. And I think we, we, we definitely saw that two years ago when they started 21-6 and six, uh, before AD went down, had the 2-1 lead on the Suns. And I think th- that team has kind of become, I think, a bit underrated of, of just how good they were for that season. This year, obviously, they, they struggled. Even, you know, they struggled when healthy, but – uh, I think it was just a miscalculation of, of the Westbrook trade and, uh, you know, losing some, some valuable rotation guys, having some other injuries, and that all kind of added up to uh, this just disaster of a season. So I think even if they brought back kind of a similar group, they'd probably just be better from a continuity perspective. But assuming they do end up trading Russell Westbrook, which I, I think will happen, um, if you can get, you know, the, the right pieces back in that trade, uh, sign a guy for the taxpayer mid-level exception, get LeBron and AD healthy. Um, I, I don't see any reason why they can't win 50-plus games next season and, and be back in the mix. But I think a lot has to go right. And, and I would say, you know, it, it's it's looking less of a sure thing than I, I expected it would, hmm. you know, in 2022, right? I, I think we all kind of expected this to be a multi-year championship run where maybe they don't win, you know, multiple championships, but at least conference they're in the finals. Mix. Yeah. You know, they're in the mix, but... Um, so I think they can get back there, but it's going to have to be, you know, those guys staying healthy, making the right move with, with Westbrook and adding the right pieces in free agency. Yovan, last week there was uh, some chatter and some conversation that the Lakers could potentially, you know, having Russell Westbrook in training camp, um, it could happen, right? If they, if there's just a deal not out there to be made, um, I've always said this. This has kind of been my theme. I, I've, I saw enough Lakers. I saw enough Russ, Anthony Davis, and LeBron together, and I saw enough Russell Westbrook that I would just imagine that both sides want to move on. Russ probably better off somewhere else, and the Lakers are better off somewhere else. Um, you confident that a, a deal is out there to be had, or do you think this is going to be an incredible challenge? What do you think is going to be the obstacles, the hurdles, or do you think the Lakers just say, hey, it's a 2027 first rounder is what it is. It's Talon Horton Tucker is what it is. I'm just using those as an example, as in whatever assets yeah. you have left are not as important than moving him and trying to put yourself back in what you feel like would be contention with other role players. Well, I, I'm totally with you in that if the Lakers do not trade Russell Westbrook, I do not think that they can get back into contention. You know, like – I guess uh, another caveat to, to my previous answer was, you know, those guys stay healthy and they trade Russell Westbrook. I, I think, you know, they were 11 and 10 with their, you know, with the big three uh, in the 21 games together. And, and that, that's a 41, or I mean, a, excuse me, a 43 win pace. So, you know, maybe with continuity that, that improves a little bit, but 
I really think, you know, you're kind of grasping at straws if, if you're trying to find the positives from those three playing together. I mean, obviously with, with LeBron and AD, you know what they bring. And, and we saw that at times last season, you know, not enough as, as, you know, as much as we'd like, but with Russ, it just, the, the fit never made sense to begin with. And then it ended up being, I think worse than even uh, any of us thought, you know, could, could, it was just a disaster. So to me, you have to, like, I would rank the, the options as like trade him number one, keep him, but you know, send him home number two and keep him and play him number three. Um, you know, I think if they cannot trade him, you should just send him home and just eat that money uh, on your cap and um, call it a day. But uh, you know, so I, I do expect them to trade him. I, I think it's going to be a mutual thing. Uh, you know, his exit interview did not sound like, no. uh, I, I know t- he took a bunch of shots at people, but it wasn't just Frank Vogel. You know, th- there was some LeBron and AD stuff in there. I, you know, he kind of mentioned the organization never made him feel comfortable. So like, I, I think it, it, he wants to get out of there. I think just as much as they're going to want to move him. So I expect them to find and the challenge is he just makes so much money that sure. at 47 million, it's hard to find matching salary. But I think with the right team, if you're a rebuilding team who is just looking to maybe get some, you know, multi-year salary off your books, uh, you know, like I think that's where in Indiana, a Charlotte, uh, like th- those situations kind of make some sense because they have some contracts that you, you don't necessarily love if you're those teams. And if you're Indiana, you're kind of going in a different direction. With Charlotte, I think you, you, you tend to spend money in not the wisest way sometimes. So I, I think those situations, um, you know, if, if you're the Lakers, you, you try to just say, hey, this is a giant expiring contract, one of the biggest in the league. Uh, you know, take this on, and we will take on your, your money that you don't want to take on long term. Uh, and maybe you throw in a pick. If I'm throwing in a pick, I got to protect it. It's got to be like lottery protected or something. But uh, I think I don't think there's a chance that they end up not having to throw in a pick. I think that just having that much expiring money hmm. could be valuable to certain teams, uh, but it, it's really going to depend on the situation. Um, I think there's only a few teams that could take on that type of money, so they're going to have to negotiate with those teams in particular. But uh, I do think he will be moved. I think there's a handful of teams that make sense, and, and I expect that to happen at some point in the summer. Uh, I, I get the argument to keeping him potentially if you can't figure something out, but I think they will, and I think they have to. Yo, Vaughn, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for uh, taking the time uh, joining us here on this Monday night. Hope you're enjoying the offseason and the playoffs, buddy. Thank, uh, thank you for doing this. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon. All right, that is Yovan Buha, the athletic, covers the Lakers for the athletic, always has a great perspective on the Lake Show. So some stuff him and I agree on, some stuff uh, him and I disagree on as far as the Lakers go, but I think everyone's trying to figure out this offseason. When we come back, uh, quick thoughts here on Jokic winning MVP. I was a little actually surprised that uh, he ended up getting it. We'll do that coming up next day right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, thank you again to uh, Yovan Buha joining the show. Um, you know, as I give kind of my final thoughts here on another edition of Lakers Talk. By the way, if you have not downloaded the new app, ESPN LA, just search ESPN LA and uh, get the new app. It's fantastic. I mean, uh, it, 
The channels are so clean on here. Uh, whether you're listening live or you always go back and listen to the show, Lakers Talk, it's perfect. The channel, as far as how easy it is to just click on it and boom, every uh, every show that we do is on there. Uh, of course, all the shows, Travis and Sliwa, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Mesa and Ireland, Sedano and Cap, Dr. Clapper on the weekend. So they're all up there. Uh, incredibly, incredibly convenient and easy. So I encourage you guys to download the app. Um, so a couple things, you know, the, the case I think Yovan was trying to make about Quinn Snyder over Doc Rivers, even though he thinks Doc Rivers would end up with the Lakers if it came down to one of those two guys. I think it's interesting. I, I think it's fair. What he's trying to say is, you know, Gobert became such a liability in the playoffs, the way the, the game is played right now and the way he's such a non-threat on offense and on defense, you could just spread out the floor. Now you got the seven-footer trying to keep up with some of the more perimeter players. That's what Dallas took advantage of. That's what the Clippers took advantage of last year. He's not wrong about that. And you could say that to an extent, Quinn Snyder um, had his hands tied behind his back. But at the same time, um, I don't know if I see enough adjustments from Quinn as well to where you found a way to counter that. And I'll tell you something. Uh, this year, in this past playoff run, Luka didn't play in the first three games. They were down 2-1. to one. Luka didn't play in the first three games. Both of them were in Utah to start off the series. They were down two games to one. You should be up 3 to nothing if Luka's not playing for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, just like, uh, you know, Miami took advantage of, um, of Joel Embiid not being in the first couple of games. So uh, I, I still lean towards Doc Rivers on that one. And then his other case, I think him and I are incredibly aligned on this one. You just can't bring Russell Westbrook uh, Westbrook back to uh, this team. You just can't. I don't know how else to say it. You just I didn't see anything on there that would tell me a lot of that. You know, there was a lot of reports last uh, last week about Lakers. Hey, maybe they can bring him back. And you know what? If it's the right coach, that was more on Vogel that he didn't have a relationship with Russ. And if you do bring him back. Um, a new coach can take care of all of this. And Phil Jackson, who's advising the Lakers in coaching, is a big fan of uh, – or advising the Lakers on their next head coach, is a big fan of Russell Westbrook. I, I To me, it was all fluff. I'm not falling for it. I don't think other teams are going to fall for it. I think if you want Russell Westbrook off of your roster next year, you're going to have to be very creative, and you might have to give up some assets to do it. And you know what? I would do it. Um, and this is coming from the guy that thought last year in the offseason Russ would be a big asset to the Lakers, that Russ and Anthony Davis a lot of times can carry the Lake show and Braun could be a little bit more strategic in the grind. It didn't happen. None of it happened. None of it worked that way. And there's nothing that I think you can tell me where I would feel good or comfortable bringing Russ back. So Jovan and I certainly, certainly are on the same page on that front. Um so, Nikola Jokic has won the uh, Most Valuable Player of the Award. So, two years in a row that um, he wins. Just think of this. The last four MVPs, two go to Giannis, two go to Jokic. I was making the case earlier this morning when I was doing my show with Travis that I was really actually ruined for Joel Embiid. I, I thought Embiid should win the award. That was my, uh, that was my thoughts of course, Joel Embiid, uh, incredible season. He became the first big to lead the league in scoring since Shaq did it back in 2000. Is the first big man to average 30 points in a season since Moses Malone in 1982. Um, 
it was an interesting season for the uh, for Joel Embiid. You know, Ben Simmons didn't play all year with the Sixers, and then eventually James Harden came over, and they ended up with the same record, second best record, or fourth best record in the standings, but second tied for second best record in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference with Milwaukee and who's the other team, the Boston Celtics. But because of tiebreakers, they ended up in the number four spot. Um, I, listen, I'm not trying to make a case that Yo- Joker could obviously win it. Nobody's saying that he can't. What was he, 27, almost 14 rebounds and eight assists a game. He's fantastic. What he was doing um, is uh, amazing without Jamal Murray and without Michael Porter Jr. I'm not trying to take anything away from Jokic. I just personally thought I was hoping Embiid would win the award. Maybe there is something to it of saying, well, you know what, he won it last year and it was so close, Embiid should get the tiebreaker on that. But the, my biggest problem with the with the MVP vote, I don't know the criteria. I, I really, really don't know the criteria. I don't. Um, Kendrick Perkins, I thought, put out a good t- uh, tweet. I test Joel Embiid for MVP. Analytics, Jokic for MVP. I'm glad I, ro- I rolled with the I test on my vote. Um, I'm with him on that. I think you can, you know, analytics has its place in the NBA, and I think sometimes in sports in general, I think sometimes it's probably relied on too often. Um, I just don't know what the criteria is year in and year out. When Travis told me this morning, do you know that Jokic has twice as many MVPs as Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant? It was like, yeah, that I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> when I hear it that way, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Um, any three of them could have won it. Jokic, Embiid, or uh, or Giannis. I would have personally went Embiid. I know other people are going to have their opinion. And, uh, you know, hopefully Anthony Davis is back in that conversation one of these days. And uh, obviously that has not been the case the last couple of years. Okay, Laker fans, that's all we got for tonight. Thank you for being a part of the show. Thank you to Jovan Bua for taking some time and joining the show as well. Uh, as always, L.A., have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.